The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. All right. The Penguins are entering the final month of the season, which is weird because this is usually when the playoffs are about to start, but we're about a month off. So that's a bit weird, but still we have a whole month of hockey in the regular season to go with me to talk about it is Angie Carducci from inside hockey magazine. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How about you? Great. Great. Always great to talk to you. Uh, So they just played the Rangers but twice in the last week and they lost both times. Uh, the last time was a little bit closer in the, and the last Friday night, they got absolutely destroyed. That's probably who they're going to face in the playoffs. Should we be concerned that they keep losing to the team that they're going to play in the playoffs? Yeah. I see a lot of people feeling pretty panicky um, after that, that second loss, you know, I, I saw, a lot of people hitting the panic button and going into, you know, oh, they're going to be swept. <laughs> you know, this is absolutely a terrible matchup. And now we just have to consider this a terrible matchup for them. And uh, I, they're, they're one and done, you know, so, so I think, I think there's definitely a lot of concern out there and I, I can see the reason for it. You know, the, for me, I, I think what these last couple of games have exposed is, uh, so I think I think they were very radically different games. So I think the first game last Friday night, the Penguins just showed up not looking prepared to get into that hockey game. And what the Rangers have shown, it, Brian Boyle had a great quote the other night. He said, when we executed you know we we had the better of the play and when we failed to execute they did and if this is not a team that if you show up unprepared that you can get away with with that type of laziness against them and just and I don't I hate to use the word lazy because I feel like the Penguins are pretty typically a hard-working team this year but lazy in terms of just the attention to detail and those stretch passes to nowhere that they tend to make when they're not very focused on their game. Those are the types of things they consistently did in that Friday game that kept coming back to bite them every time. And I think what we've learned is the Rangers are too good of a team to allow you to get away with that. They're a young team. They're a fast team. They're a very skilled hockey team. And I I think they're a little better than most people expected they would be at this point in their, uh, their rebuild. And uh, frankly, they're, they're better than I expected them to be this year. So uh, you can't get away with that. And I thought the second game, they, the Penguins learned a little bit from that, and I, I think they went into that game more prepared, more focused. You didn't see a lot of the stretch passes, those types of things. I, I think they clearly learned from the first game. What concerned me, though, was still some, some of the things that were present that first game, like the incessant passing without taking the shot on that. A goalie like Ewer Shisterkin, you you can't be intimidated by a goalie like that. You can't respect him to the point that you just 
don't take the shot on that. And, and you keep trying to set up that perfect play. This is a team that you're just going to have to take your chances when you have them. So I, I feel like the Penguins continue to have lessons to learn against this team. And thankfully, they have one more regular season game to hopefully figure it out. I love that this is this this final stretch of games are really tough. I mean, they play mm-hmm. Minnesota tonight. They play Colorado on Saturday again. Colorado and then next again. week. Yeah, and then they play the Rangers and they play Washington. These are all tough games. Good, good. You you're you're gonna get whether you win them or lose them. It's good to play good competition instead of you know the Detroit's of the world who, who they'll be playing a few more times too, where you can score eleven goals against them <laughs> and have people. They're a world beater, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, oh, wait, you know, now we're playing the Rangers and we don't look like world beaters anymore. Yeah. Um, although, although I think Detroit is going in the right direction too, and, and they are not as bad a team as that game made it look at by any stretch of the imagination. But um, I think, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think the Penguins sometimes are a team that has shown that they play to the level of their competition. So I, I think sometimes you see them get into these battles with teams that are a little lesser than them, where the other team, how many times have they played lesser teams this year where you have some backup goalie that ends up looking like Patrick Well? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just, you, you just kind of look at it like, okay, why, why are the Penguins letting this happen? And, and, and sometimes I just feel like they play to the level of their competition and then they get a game against somebody like a Washington and they, they seem to rise to that challenge. So with any luck, you will see them rise to the level of the challenge of the teams they're facing in this coming couple of weeks because they they really do need to do that. I, I like to comment that Jake Gensel made the other night. And I, I always I don't think he's the most interesting guy to listen to a lot of times. Like just um doesn't not one of the most quotable guys on the team, but but he said, you know, we're we're going into the stretch here, going on the road for these couple games. And he said, this is the best time of year to play hockey. And I guess we're going to see what we're made of. And I, I thought, well, that's that's a pretty good quote because that's exactly how I feel about it. Like, let's go and see what they're made of coming up against this kind of competition. Well, it's crucial because you just can't lose in the first round again. Oh, they they cannot. They no. cannot. Not after I, I, I just, I, I thought that with Ron Hextel going out and making a move, like I, I thought it was really significant that he made that move to acquire Ricardo Kell. I, I thought he, he paid a lot for that. You know, he, he really did. He, he gave up a couple of players. He gave up a second round draft pick. He gave up a goalie prospect who is very well regarded. And then they do have another goalie prospect who's very well regarded who made that possible for him to do. But, but you know, it had to be killing him to give up those kinds of pieces of the future because Ron Hexel doesn't like to operate that way. And given that he was willing to do that, I think it speaks volumes about his belief in this team and what they could potentially accomplish. And, the investment that he wanted to make in them and what he felt they had earned just based on the season that they've had. So 
when, when you look at the fact he went out and said, I, I am going to get a piece that I think is a really good fit and, and a rental, frankly, uh, even more so. Like at this point, they may re-sign him. There's nothing saying they won't re-sign him. But at this point, he's not re-signed. He's an unrestricted free agent after the season. So you can't call him anything but a rental at this moment. So he gave up all those pieces for who is at this moment a rental player, he's speaking volumes about what he thinks this team could accomplish. And if they go out in the first round again, that, that's brutal. Yeah, yeah. How do you think Raquel's doing so far? Yeah, I really like his game. I, I think the first couple of games, you know, there was a lot of talk about, you know, how he's adjusting from the flight in and, and the fact that he really hasn't gotten a chance to get any rest and also really to practice with the team for those first couple of days that he kind of had to jump right into a, a game schedule, but then has had the chance to practice with them and has had the chance to get on the the line that he is pretty um, clearly destined for the Evgeny Malkin line. And, and I think we're starting to see that those players could potentially mesh really well. Um, so I, I think we'll see a little more tonight. Uh, Jason Zucker is going to return. And I, I think you'll probably see him on that line with those two. So I'm pretty excited to see how that's going to work out, but I, I'm really excited to see Raquel continue to, you know, get ingrained in this system and, and hopefully hit his stride with this team because I really like his game. He plays with a lot of energy. He plays with a lot of guts. And you, you consistently see him around the net, just willing to go to those places and work really hard. Um, very fast player who I think is a difference maker on the ice. And I just notice him on the ice a lot. So I, I think he could very well be exactly the kind of player the Penguins need and really exactly what they talked about looking for that difference making type of player in the top six. So I, I, so far, really like what I'm seeing from his game, and hopefully he will uh, make a big impact there. And the other nice thing, too, is I think with the return of Jason Zucker, you can see Brian Rust go back up to that first line. They've been trying to put him on the second line to balance things out a little bit. So this is really what you needed, is you needed Danny Malkin to have some reliable wingers, some wingers that are really at the level of talent and hockey intelligence, you know, that, that he is because Sidney Crosby has those types of players on his line. And I just feel like if you want the Penguins to have that balanced attack and you want other teams to have matchup problems against them, you need more than one really great line that you can throw out there. So um, I, I so far really like what I've seen from him. Yeah, I mean, I get why you would need to put Rust with Malkin, but it really stunk putting, you know, taking taking Rust away from that Crosby line. So, yeah, now you could have Crosby, Gensel, and Rust. And now, finally, Malkin, Raquel, and Zucker. And, yeah, now we could just see how that's going to be. And hopefully... You know, Zucker's back from, I believe, nine or 10 weeks out with that core muscle surgery. Okay. And it, it'll be nice going against, you know, he was super motivated to play against Minnesota, the team that traded him. So that's been waiting be forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's been two years since they 
traded him and, and he's been waiting all this time for this opportunity because of how the situation panned out. So, um, yeah, he, I'm sure he had this date very, very uh, brightly circled on his calendar as far as when he would really like to get back into this lineup. So I'm glad that's going to work out for him. Yeah. Yeah. I think on paper, that's a really solid second line. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see how that, yeah. Well, you know, when you, when you're throwing like Evan Rodriguez on the first line, because you just don't have a better option because you're sliding Russ down to that second line. And, you know, of course they move Rodriguez back off of that line last game, but you have a guy with like, what is it? I think two goals in the last 35 games. And, you know, you can't, you can't underplay what an important role he's played in their overall season, but you also can't deny that he just hasn't come through in this last number of games. And every time he's had one of those couple goals that he's had in the last 35 games, you're like, maybe this is the one that gets him started. And then it kind of doesn't. So um, and, until you get some of these players producing with more consistency, I just, uh, I just don't know that you had a better option for that first line than uh, putting Brian Russ back on it. So Rodriguez was, my goodness, he was on fire. He was like one of the top players in the league back in like October and November. <laughs> it was, it was amazing. It's like he, he took some kind of like, like super juice or something like that. But yeah, it's just, he, he, you can't put him on the top six and not yeah. right now. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd... yeah. And we, yeah. I was talking to a friend of mine the other night about, uh, remember when people wanted to kind of throw the Brian Russ money in his direction at that time, and, you know, and thank goodness yeah. he didn't do that and just sign him up right there because, uh, that would have been a little bit of an overpayment and an overreaction to perhaps, uh, perhaps a blip. So, yeah, I think uh, I, I think he's just a player who really seems to thrive on confidence a great deal. And when the confidence is going well for him, uh, then he's doing great. And when the confidence is a little off, when things haven't been going so well, like like right now, um, not so much. So I think that's uh, that's where we're at. So hopefully he gets that back. But I, I'd love to see that for him, honestly, because he was such a key part of you can't overlook the role he's played in being one of the top handful of teams in the league this season. Like they don't get to that record without him. And he he's seems like such a super nice guy too. It, it was such a nice thing to see him having that success. So would love to see him get back up to that, uh, that kind of, uh, that kind of scoring pace and, and maybe have another hot streak like that. But I uh, definitely don't think you can impede your top six at this point. And even guys like, you know, Danton Hyman for a while was, was a guy with a really hot stick and he's really cooled off. And I would say is even a player that you could potentially see be one of the healthy scratches. When you start getting these healthy players back, you're going to get Zucker back tonight. Eventually you'll get Brock again back. So um, they're, they're going to have some options and it's going to come down to merit at that point. You know, who's been, who's been the hot hand and players like that maybe on the outside looking in when it comes down to that. Basically almost everybody in that bottom six with the exception of Carter and Bluger are going to be uh, a possible scratch. You have Rodriguez, Kapanen, Boyle, Heinen, Zahorna. They could at, at any day, they could be a scratch just depending on what you want to do. Do you want big players? Do you want speedy players? Do you want 
who knows what we're hot hand who knows uh so that'll be really interesting when uh yeah, when, when McGinn comes back, see how that all shakes out. Because right now it looks like the third line is Carter, Kapanen, and Rodriguez. And that just has <laughs> – it could be good. It could be a disaster also. Yeah, I, well, I really like it as far as just like a pair. I really like how Carter and Kapanen have been working together. So I think that's been – something that's shown a lot of promise and I, I think Carter has been interesting in the way that he seems to be able to get through to Kapanen seems like there's been a really neat almost mentoring sort of relationship going on there so um, when you think of what Jeff Carter brings to the team that's just another nice element of what he adds in addition to his on ice play um, being at being able to add something like that um, in a player like Kapanen who has been you know, sort of difficult to get through to at times and difficult to difficult to figure out. Like he's had his moments where he's looked really good this season. And then he has the moments where you're just not sure if he's a player who's going to be able to come through for this team. And it feels like Carter has just figured out how to sort of calm him down at times and talk him through some of those more difficult stretches so I've been impressed with the way that they seem to be working together on and off the ice. And hopefully that continues to work because uh, if they could have even just those two forming the solid basis of a third line, then, then that's the start because you really do need, you know, you, you need to be able to roll some lines here to get other teams, yeah. get some other teams uh, matchup problems. And, and the Rangers definitely, uh, definitely are a team that if you're just going to, put out certain players you know the, the penguins are not going to survive around with the rangers by putting out the crosby line plus malkin you know as the only players that are having success which which has been a thing a few times this season that those have been the only players able to uh, come through with any consistency so yeah, yeah if, that, if even that pair on the third line can come through i'd like that i like that fourth line right now too a lot i like the way that they've been uh that uh that Boyle, Bluger, and Zahorna have been meshing. And for a while, you know, when they shipped out Zach Aston Reese, it was kind of felt like the little bit of an end of an era. You had lost Brandon Tanev, and you know, here, here's Aston Reese too. And that's kind of the last, the, the last guy who paired with Teddy Bluger so well in that line. But now they've just got this size on both sides of Bluger. And I, I just really like sort of the presence of that line and how they've been playing too. So been interesting yeah. to watch them kind of figure out how these are going to work yeah yeah and on the defense is it time to be concerned about brian dumoulin because yes the, yeah so it's, it's, it's been an all-season thing <laughs> I, yeah i don't know what's going on i i this is terrible it's terrible to say you hope it's an injury um because uh, but i i really like it's like a Benny Malkin when you know when he was looking not like of getting Malkin and you're watching him and saying this has to be physical this just has to be physical because yeah. this is not he, he has not dropped off to this level this quickly and and of course it was and he needed a major surgery and and I wonder with Brian Dumoulin like is are we going to find out something really serious is going on that he needs physically repaired because to me unless something seriously physically wrong is impeding his game 
Brian Dumoulin has had a significant drop off and is not the reliable defensive player that he once was. And I, I just don't know how that happens. You don't lose that in terms of your mental capabilities to think the game. So what else is there? It has to be that you've lost the physical capabilities somewhere. Yeah, it's it's one of the weird things about when the season is over, when your team is eliminated or whenever uh, you you find out, you know, that's when players get a little bit honest about what what injuries they've had. It's like, oh, yeah, I've been playing yeah. with a broken, li- broken wrist. Oh, yeah, I've been playing with a broken leg. It's like, oh, OK. Yeah, it's always crazy. It's like, okay, maybe, maybe you shouldn't have been doing something. <laughs> like you, just, right. you just wonder, like, I, I mean, from the sheer perspective of, I, I hate seeing it encouraged, you know, let's, let's, let's put our future well-being on the line for this, you know, few months of potentially advancing in hockey. It's just, I always hate it. But also, you wonder if you helped or hurt the team honestly like did you did you benefit the team by playing like that or maybe if you just sat and let a healthy player play maybe maybe they're not uh, you know the caliber of player you are but right now when I watch Brian Dumoulin I think of a couple players that they have sitting in the wings as their you know sort of extra defensemen out there and I think could could they be worse? You know, uh, I, I just don't know. So, well, apparently Pedersen is a scratch. So, you know, it's, it's either Pedersen or Friedman uh, in there. So, right. Hey, okay. yeah. I, and, and I like Friedman yeah. a lot, frankly. I, I just really like his game. I, I think he has a lot of um, just, just a lot of heart and the way he plays he plays really hard he just kind of consistently strikes me as that guy who's who knows he's playing for his job and every time he's out there he he wants to prove that he belongs on that ice and belongs to be an NHL defenseman so I I feel like uh I would throw Mark Friedman in there in a heartbeat and yeah if if Patterson was scratched by all means you know that's that's a guy who I think has had 50-50 50-50 this season. You know, there, there was a time early this season I thought he looked like the Penguins' best defenseman, and he's absolutely tailed off from there. Yeah. But I don't know that he'd be worse right now than Brian Dumoulin's looked. So, yeah, I am, I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about physically what's going on with them and not, uh, not sure what is going on there, but I just don't think you have that kind of drop-off in your play. I he he's a smart defenseman he has a solid he is a solid responsible defenseman in the nhl and has always been one of the better ones at that role and you know i i just don't think you lose that overnight and it's really concerning because he's on that top pair with latang so <laughs> you know he plays the most so it's it's not uh-huh. it's really bad that he's not he's not playing well so it is. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I like to try to see the bright side of things. So let me give you a bright side. I, I think every time I think about that, I think, isn't it great that this is the season where Chris Letang has become a little more mature and responsible and that we're not relying on Brian Dumoulin to make up for Chris Letang's mistakes as often? <laughs> that is one way of looking at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> so there's a positive for you. Because um, I, I really think, I, I just, you know, I, for years, that's, that's been what they really relied on Brian Dumoulin to do is to be the, the perfect partner for him and um, be the guy who could clean up those mistakes and, and sort of allow Chris Letang to freelance and, you know, make that, make that path to nowhere that may or may not connect just because, you know, if, if it doesn't, Dumoulin's going to be there to clean it up. So, um, yeah, I think Letang's maturity and responsibility this year has really, uh, has really helped out there and they could be in a lot worse shape if, if his game hadn't matured in the way it has. I'm really concerned about playing the Rangers because I don't know how to say the goalie's name. Is it Shesterin? Shesterkin. Shesterkin. You'll you'll get there. You'll get there really fast in the first round. That's, that's a thing when, when you, yeah, when you get into those playoff series, you learn every player on the other team. <laughs> you, you, you know them all really well, especially if they score on you or something like that. It's like, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'll, yeah I'll, I'll, oh, yeah. I'll know the Rangers as well as I know the, the, the Penguins. So, yeah. Well, you, you will. Don't, don't you enjoy how the Rangers go from one franchise goalie to another equally wonderful franchise goalie? Like, it's just an embarrassment of riches. I really miss Lundqvist because they, the Penguins seem to have his number and make him <laughs> make him flip over to nets and stuff like that. So I miss I miss that because uh, because they don't have they don't have this goalie's number. Not yet, no. <laughs> yeah, I I think it's going to be a fun series, but my goodness, if they lose another time, another first round exit, oh, oh yeah, boy, it, it would be super disappointing. It really would, and and just. In terms of the window and how long you you have with these you know these core players, and frankly, I feel like this could be the last year that you have really all of these core players because I am mm-hmm. definitely becoming increasingly concerned about whether Latang decides to take the option to try playing somewhere else. You know, for the um, the final years of his career I I think he could absolutely choose to do that and it's going to be very much in his hands but I don't know that he's going to take a a salary cut which they would probably need him to do to stick around and uh, Evgeny Malkin is probably going to take a salary cut and stick around so I feel pretty confident he's going to stay I would love to see them be able to figure out some financial genius move that keeps Brian Rust around cannot figure out how that is going to happen so uh yeah i mean if you look at this lineup and look at really i I, what i found funny was when they were you know shifting rust around from the first line to the second line it's almost like they're trying to you know clone brian rust to like play on both lines both top lines at once (laughs) split them in half or something (laughs) right like they're so desperate they he they're acknowledging clearly like what a a valuable player he is and how versatile and, and what he brings to you know, whatever line he's on and, and just, just has so much value in so many ways. He has so much value on the special teams. And, and, and you just think of what a, a well-rounded overall player he's become. And here they are trying to play, you know, like almost fighting for him on the, in the top six. And I'm thinking, what if you don't even have one Brian Rust and you could right, be in that situation right. next year? Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, it's just, it's very, 
if they go out in the first round again, boy, you uh, might have blown the last really great opportunity you had. So that would yeah. be a shame. We will see. We will see. All right. <laughs> Always great talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Hey, thanks for having me. All right. I'll see you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.